so I will come back. We are going to continue with text 78. Do not, re do not place reliance on your many years of monastic life and do not fall victim to pride because of the harshness of your ascetic struggles and the way you have endured the wilderness. But keep in mind the saying of the Lord that you are a useless servant and have not yet fulfilled the commandment. Indeed, so long as we are in this life, we have not yet been recalled from exile, but are still sitting by the river of Babylon. We still slave at making bricks in Egypt, having not yet seen the promised land. So we, since we have not yet put off the old man who is corrupt because of his deceitful desires. We have not yet put on the image of him who is in from heaven, for we still bear the image of him who is from earth. Accordingly, we have no cause to boast, but ought to weep, calling in prayer to him who can save us from the burdensome slavery of the harshest of pharaohs and can deliver us from this terrible tyranny and bring us to the blessings of the promised land there to find rest in the holy place of God and to be established at the right hand of the Most High. For these blessed realities, which are above thought, are not to be attained through our own works, however righteous we may think them, but depend on the immeasurable mercy of God. So let us not cease from weeping day and night, following the example of him who says, I make myself weary with my sighing. Every night I bathe my bed with tears. I water my couch with them. For they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. So it's very clear, like counsel. And uh, he's talking to monks, especially those who live in solitude. And uh, when I was thinking about that, that can you imagine that you are that you are like in the desert, doing the same routine, prayer, fasting, uh, enduring this hardship of the place, hardship of uh, of, of like the weather. You know, and uh, uh, for what is problem? Okay. And during this uh, not good, good weather, and uh, for year, not for months, two or three, for years, and uh, it's it's hard. Many times when we are like, uh, especially like several people, they told me that when we are close into the great fast and they took it seriously, and uh, in the end of fast they said, "Oh, I'm happy that it's over because no, they they try to isolate from uh, or to remove not many activities." And really to go to to silence and somehow to keep their routine, and those five weeks were tough for them. Very tough, and and those men they they lived like for years, twenty, thirty years in this way. 
And I think that why he talks to them like that, like in this, these words, is that they might come in some point to illusion that after like 20, 25 years, they really uh, <coughs> thought that they acquired, they reached something. They they came to some kind of this temptation, that <coughs> it came like satisfaction that we reached the peak of spiritual life. This temptation is is very very real, and uh, this is why he says, well, we are still in exile. Doesn't matter how long we how much time we spend in this, how many years we spend in these conditions here, as a in the desert, in this in this warfare we are living, we still are in uh, exile. And uh, it's a very sobering thought that while we are here on Earth, we, we are not in state when we can reach that state God promised to us. While we are on Earth, we are still in exile. And paradise is something what is front of us. So it means that there is no rest. St. Isaac Syrian says that through Sabbath, this day of rest, rest comes when you are in casket in the grave. That this is a real Sabbath. Because then, then you can rest, but otherwise you are still in work. I mean, uh, in this, uh, you, are, you are in this tension doing what is God's will, doing what is what you are supposed to do for a salvation of your soul. Because it's not that we are able to do to to reach this gift of eternal life, but these are afford I would say open doors for God's grace. Because it's God's grace which brings us this gift. It is not our our uh, ability to acquire that is gift from God, and these are effort what we are doing is nothing. If we compare it with this great of, of this this big this big gift He's going to give us, but this effort is something what opens door for this grace for this for this gift. Um, one thing is then we can ask, okay, but we are not in desert. We are not in this life, but, well, the same thing, temptation, why it is useful for us to read these texts, because the same temptation as those monks in desert had, we, we, we have, and there's a danger that we can fail in this temptation and we can accept this illusion because it's very, very easy to, to come to this conclusion, I'm doing just fine. I'm doing just fine that, well, I, I am praying, I am fasting, I am whatever I'm doing, I'm trying to keep commands, I'm doing fine. 
you know, oh, this is something what this killer of spiritual life, except this accepting the thought. And and usually what happens if somebody's in this illusion, uh, usually, I would say this is what somehow I have experienced while like this, talking with people is that uh, one of the fruits of this temptation or this illusion is that person is losing ability to see things. He's losing ability to to have this pain in heart, this spirit of repentance. Because I, well, I, I'm doing everything, you know. And and this is very very difficult to change. Because you can you can offer a lot of words of like explanation, encouragement, whatever. They're unable to accept that, you know. And, and and it's very 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 common. And and we have to realize that this temptation or to receive to live under this illusion that I am fine is not connected with amount of work I am doing for God. You know, sometimes you can do minimum or minimum of minimum and you can be victim of this temptation. Because if your heart is filled with this, okay, I'm fine, I'm, I'm trying, you know, it, it blinds you. It gives you like this, Okay, and this is uh, I was a young priest there was I some kind of occasion we had a liturgy uh, in one place and there was in one parish and it was like I think I think it was like feast day of this parish, I, I don't remember details, but what I remember is that sermon that monk gave and it was really, really powerful, you know, that, well, you felt, I felt not comfortable because he really touched in uh, some kind of skillful way, he touched so and you had to ask tough questions. And I remember the after liturgy, there are priests who, who told me, you know, this is great. What you said, it's very powerful. And he said, well, he, he told the local priest that you will see next Sunday if it was powerful or not. And what he meant by that is that, that he didn't make illusions. That there would, and for sure, there was no conversions. There was not really. Well, at the moment, people maybe say, "Oh, beautiful seven, but not change of life. Because if we don't have this tendency to be, to to be, in this illusion, to be blind through this illusion, and to be blind 
trust satisfaction. So we would not need, we would not need uh, sermons. We would not need studies. We would just read the gospel, and after that, it would be conversion. Patrick. I don't know if this is too far off the topic, but is it possible, too, that if we focus on one serious sin that's really bugging us, and we really focus on that, we can actually kind of neglect the smaller sins, that if we neglect those, then we, you know, we, we can conquer this one, but if those are still there, it's going to lead us back to the big one. Sure, sure, but still... If you are concentrating on one thing, with some kind of bigger problem, but you are open at the time, you will be defeated. You know, it means that your warfare will be much difficult, because I don't know if I this like I don't know if I use it in this group or another group that if you are like sitting with this wall around this big gate, big gate represents this my biggest problem I'm fighting with. So I know that I have to protect this gate. So I put all powers for protection of this gate and I might forget to to guard other gates. Yes, they can this attack can come from behind from behind me and to conquer me, but I am I am uh, uh, I, uh, I, but I know they was defeated. I know that, but this illusion that I am, I am satisfied. I, I did in my eyes, in my soul, and I am satisfied that I am fine. It means to keep all gates open, and so, so enemy doesn't need to fight. The enemy just comes through these open gates. Take city and uh, without visa one shirt, you know. And he becomes lured, an enemy, rose on me, and, and I am satisfied for everything's fine. So this is this is very this is very dangerous state. And it is. We I would say this this is more dangerous for those who grew up in from uh, in like church, uh, cradle, cradle Catholics, <laughs> because you are always were doing those things, going to a church, praying, or so so you are satisfied. Converts they have advantage because they they accept the faith, in, usually in as an adult person. Suddenly they study that and they know what to do and they try to do this and so they are like sharper view of things they are not so easily victims of uh, of this of this temptation they are but after a while so we have to be very careful with that this is why he addresses them he said well you are still in exile and uh, if I see myself dead, so I have to be always some kind of careful. I have, I have to over, always watch myself. He says, that, well, you should cry. 
I don't know how exactly it is there. Tears. Yeah. That you have to cry day and night. Yeah. You know. Day and night, like my bed is like wet from tears every every night. Uh, because it means that why he says this about these tears and he said we have to remember that we are in exile and because of that we are able to see our shortcomings, our sins, our weaknesses. And we and and then we can ask us for mercy, for make us free from this exile, to take us back home. And in his other words, what he reminds us is to keep that spirit of repentance. And one thing is, if I don't see things I should repent from, something wrong is in me. Yes, but right on the head. It reminded me of a story. I never realized how important that story was until much later in life. But there was a priest that came over from Ghana, Africa. And he spoke decent English. But he came over and he was visiting. And there was a big bunch of families getting together and having a meal. And the mother of this one family that was cooking, she says, I don't know what happened, Father, but my whole fa- none of my kids practiced the faith. And he looked at her and he says, yeah, it's a shame, you know, this and this. And he said, how often do you go to confession? And she says, oh, I haven't been to confession in 40 years. She says, I work, I go to, I go to school, I come home, I take care of my family. I'm not out at a bar, I'm not doing anything wrong. And the husband goes, I haven't been to confession in 50 years, you know. And he's starting to put two and two together. That's, you know, probably a good reason why your kids aren't going to confession, why they don't have a need for the faith. But... I wasn't picking up on that at the moment. So he starts to peck a little bit deeper. And a guy in the other room goes, my mom was the same way. You know, Aunt Sandy was such and such. None of our kids, you know, and it turns out that all these sisters who had all these family members, all their kids weren't practicing the faith. I mean, you're talking about 40, 50 people that were there, but the moms all didn't think they needed to go to confession. And it went way back. I mean, you know, so you see this huge generation and the dads were all the same way. Like, I don't need to go to confession. So if there was no need for it. None of the kids had a need for the faith. So he, he kind of walked out of there and he goes, they're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> they're in a lot of trouble, you know? And he's like, they don't even recognize that they have a need to go to confession. So that's exactly what that, but, but, uh, look, the problem is it's not that they are refusing confession. They didn't have need for that. Right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yesterday, when I was preaching, I used this about confession. It was Saturday or Sunday I was talking about? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Because on Saturday of the G, I, I used that. that we dare to go to communion even mm-hmm. after many years. Yeah, it was Saturday. And Sunday. Yeah. It was I, and Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I changed a big part of how yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and 
when I was, and this was very difficult for me because I changed, uh, I said it because I felt it's necessary to say. And then, oh yes, in on Saturdays, uh, because on Sunday I, I was paying too much atten more attention to myself. And on Saturday, I had to fight with them with uh, some kind of temptation, I would say, uh, of judging. Because when I said, uh, after seven, it came to my mind this story that I experienced one priest. He said that, uh, he said that he was preaching something similar and he reminded that about confessions. And then he said, you know, this I see, I made mistake that I preached that. Because when I stood up, I came out with Holy Communion, to give communion, and he said to himself that, I am curious how many people were listening to what I said. And he knew his people. Mm -hmm. I said he he really said that it was tough for him to give communion. And uh, and I and I realized okay, I might be in the same position to start to judge. You know, to, like it was like. This tension, your liturgy, I said that you have to, like, avoid that, avoid that, avoid that, and well, it's like battle, and it's, you know, it's so difficult, but well, you, uh, but you never know. You cannot just assume that a person was um, somewhere for confession. You know, and and and, uh, but again, it was well. It, then I told myself like that. Okay, uh, you have to understand that this spiritual law which exists in soul that like this one became slowly to this that this illusion makes you blind. You hear, but you don't. You are not able to somehow apply for your state. You are not able to apply that. Well, it's not about me. You know, I'm fine. And uh, this is why we have to be very careful and nonstop to work on ourselves to ask God for a spirit of repentance to be aware of our sins and uh, and look many times. God helps us. Um, sometimes there, there are people who are fighting, as you said, uh, that they, are, they they see some kind of like pulses about the thorn in body, and and they are not happy. They are not able to remove some kind of weakness, you know, and. They are feeling again, 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 and 
Ja. But many times it is God's protection that God allows this weakness to 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 attack the person, to conquer him, because in this way the person is aware and keeps the spirit of repentance but be, and because without that weakness the person probably would forget God would go to this blindness of satisfaction it's difficult to 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 mention all these aspects of how God of this God's guidance but one thing is for sure that if we really want heaven and we try and we don't trust ourselves and when we really want, uh, realize that we need God's we need God's help God will lead us in in his through his ways Okay, can we continue? Expel. Very nice. This <laughs> 78 is very interesting. <laughs> 79. Expel from yourself the spirit of talkativeness, for in it lurk the most dreadful passions lying, loose speech, absurd chatter, buffoonery, obscenity. To put the matter succinctly, through talkativeness, you will not escape sin, whereas silent man is a throne of perceptiveness. Moreover, the Lord has said that we shall have to give an account of every idle word. Thus, silence is most necessary and profitable. Interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When I was uh, preparing this, I remember that uh, it was it was interesting <coughs> because I I didn't know. Okay, it's so pretty clear that you know, what kind of like reflection you can make on this. You know, it's clear and uh, but still I started to I look to my what is not archive mm-hmm. cartotech archive okay what I have and uh, to try to uh, find like this things what saints are saying about this this passion and uh, what was interesting for me that many saints uh, they are comparing this talking that's to, to, when we talk too much they compare it to adultery really yeah and and it was very interesting uh, they are using this it's like biblical that uh, when israel was um, uh, unfaithful to God, so uh, biblical language uses this word 
that there are unfaithful like this. Uh, what is another word for that? English. For infidelity? Another word for No, no, for uh, adultery. Uh, well, in this way, yes. Uh, they, they, I forgot this word. No, no, no. Yes, adultery is the best thing. I guess selfishness. No, no, adultery. It means that, always, okay, so biblical texts compare this relationship of chosen nation and God to this intimacy between husband and wife. So if you are not faithful to God, so it means like if you are betraying your wife, you know, with another lady, it's adultery. So they compare that if you are talking too much, they compare it to this sin of adultery because this uh, uh, talkingness causes that you are led away from God, you are betraying God through this. Mm. And and this was, this was, when I read this, I was, oh my, this is so powerful. Why it is that um, using, talk too much without reason, um, causes that your mind is taken away for concentration on God, and in in and this creates this state of that unfaithfulness to God. Uh, Isaac Sterns he says that that uh, we are losing uh, that that if we if we uh, don't pay attention to fasting. Or actually, gluttony leads to or creates or removes peace from mind. And uh, talkness uh, causes uh, that our mind is losing wisdom you know, that we don't see correctly things. Probably I didn't use the correct translation. But anyway, talking too much scatters our mind. And uh, if we add to this this noise which comes from the world so then then we really we 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 are not able to formulate like or control our thoughts and to go to death this causes this scatteredness of thought causes that we are somewhere on the surface and uh, so we, I would compare that, well, this may be better, that you can scan, like these eyes, titles of articles in newspaper. 
And you, if you go like that, titles, subtitles, so you have an idea of what is going on, approximately. So it seems that you have wisdom. You have knowledge. So this is state when you, when your mind is scattered, you know, through talkingness, that well, you don't go deeper. And so it be it means that in the end you are making wrong conclusions, assume and you think that you are right. Those who like pay attention, who prefer silence, they don't too much and they try to rethink things before they say something. So we can compare it to people who read not only titles <coughs> of articles, they read whole articles and think about that, and then create, based on what is written there, they are really getting deeper knowledge. So if they say something, it's much deeper than uh, those who were satisfied just with with this uh, um, with this uh, uh, titles only, Patrick. So the more we talk and fill our own ears with our own voice, we're drowning out the voice of God. Exactly. And not only that, we are not able to <clears throat> think. And and. And this is this is something that uh, if you, if you just just think about uh, you really think these meetings with people who talk too much you know, almost nonstop. You have to find the, like moment when they. St- may take a breath to tell us, say something, you know. Usually you never get anything valuable from the people. You know, and uh, uh, my brother, he, he, he told me uh, his experience, they had um, meeting of priests and uh, um, they were solving some kind of problem because they have a new bishop too and it was like first after COVID big, and many topics and he said you know I uh, there was a moment that were like a lot of discussions they start they start they bishop wants to start something and priests were discussing among themselves and Bishop was saying something, and it was like noise. And he said, well, you know what happened? I, I raised my hand, and suddenly, whew, silence. Everybody was, what are you going to say? I say, I was scared. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> I was scared. That, but I stood up, and he said, what I said, it was like total silence. And he said, well, Probably I'm not going to talk anymore, you know. But, but what he had this experience, what he described it is what we naturally do. We know if there is some, if there is somebody who doesn't speak a lot of, but if the person speaks, it's worth it to listen. 
And this is what happened, like this experiment, my brother. Many times it happens without that we realize that. We are paying really attention to those who speak. Not too much. But when they stand, so everybody pays attention. Because usually those people really thought about what they are going And there is some kind of value we are going to say. You know, and, and this is this mechanism we, which, which is uh, uh, what is true. And and so so I and this is why this uh, there's a pressure which we don't recognize some of it, we don't see many times we are not aware of that this pressure from the world to speak mm-hmm. you know that it's uh, isn't it's like if we are with somebody and we are silent isn't not comfortable. We have this urge in us that we have to start conversation or to speak, you know, and to, uh, because silence is something like, ah, it's awkward. So there is this pressure. I, I don't say, look, one thing is that we should do this, but under control, it has to have some kind of measure. It's it's good to have like nice conversation, but we are not pushed by this by this need to speak constantly. We should be more listeners, you know, than 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 to talk. But but try to notice that, try to be open that how how many words are around us. And uh, it's not only, <laughs> and it's not only about about uh, um, t- if we don't do it because of God, because we want to go deeper to this, um, to go to to have con- uh, our thoughts in control. Let's start with one thing. You know, maybe if it's too, it's too difficult to follow that. Let's start to to do it uh, with intention. I don't want to be killed. Know why? Because, for example, if we are like in line in grocery, and lady before you waving, she already said everything was counted, and she has this credit card hand ready to pay, but. She's saying some kind of story, and it's evident that there is no connection between this lady behind the counter and this lady, that they don't know each other, and she's sharing some kind of what she was cooking for, for whatever, and, and talking, 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 and waving this card instead of paying, and there's a line waiting people. I, if she, if that, if she, that lady, say, if she would be able to read minds, so she would know that I'm the first who wants to kill her, <laughs> and behind me there are like several other guys who are ready to to kill, you know. 
<laughs> so don't risk that. You know? <laughs> it, it's like well, it is. Uh, then I always, I always think it's like, okay, this exercise for patient, mm -hmm. you know. But, <laughs> but I have tended to gather the time that why again, you know. <laughs> You know, I don't need so many exercises. <laughs> and with that, uh, especially in a hurry, and we have this luck, you know, always. We say that we are choosing where to go, which can, this, this, what is that? Which line? And the which aisle? Line? Yes, which line to choose. And so yeah. There are like three guys here ready to pay. And this only one. Let's go down. <laughs> and you see this previous one is got second. Yeah. And you are staying dead because. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite sayings is God, give me patience because if you give me strength, I'm going to need bail money to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, God is good. It's like patience. Like yesterday, you know, this repeats all time when we went to Pittsburgh. <coughs> and I think that uh, God wants me to, to test my patience because he sent all these guys <coughs> on the road which are testing your <laughs> patience, you know. <coughs> and um, usually I'm joking that when we are leaving from Pittsburgh, you know, says, oh, you can stay longer. I say, yes, we would love, but all those like crazy people are waiting when we start our journey. <laughs> so I want to go earlier. <laughs> they are returning back. Oh. All right, we are going too far. <laughs> okay. 18. We have been commanded not to revile or abuse in return those who revile and insult us, <clears throat> but rather to speak well of them and to bless them. For insofar as we are at peace with men, we fight against the demons. But when we feel rancor towards our brothers and fight against them, we are at peace with the demons, whom we have been taught to hate with perfect hatred, fighting against them without mercy. This is clear. And uh, we don't need to discuss that a lot of... And... Uh, It's that if we feel hate towards our brothers and we fight against them, we are in peace with demons. So it means that there's a very common, like this, you could hear in Slovakia in sermons, um, this, this that question. How many demons are in a church and how many demons are in the bar? So in the church, there are a thousand demons in the church and the bar only one. Because that one just keeps eye if they are still there, you know, in their hands. But in the church, there are a thousand because those people are outside of their power and they need to 
סתם קצת. If you are in, if you hate your brothers, you act against them. So, well, you are pissing demons. They then they don't need to to fight with you. You are in their hands, so they don't bother you even because you are already in this state, which is like somehow. outside of this God's kingdom. But once you start to, to say no, to refuse to this, I said, I'm going to love my brothers, sisters, my neighbors. Suddenly you start to feel this warfare, these many temptations, attacks. Because you are out of the sphere, you know, under its power. And this is, this is very good spiritual law hidden in this, we should remember. You know, that, uh, that uh, uh, we should not be that ones who, through own decisions, let them be in peace demons this is and it's something would repeat again and again yeah tell you a story about I think it was monk Sophonius from uh, uh, one Romanian monastery probably not that was it, it is in from the life of Saint Paisi Welchkowski uh, Uh, who uh, translated Philokalia, or put together Philokalia, this work of saints to uh, Slavic, uh, Slavic languages. And he started, he, then when he moved from uh, Mal Athos with his monks, I think it was 70 at the time, monks, and uh, they started to live in one monastery, really in solitude. And they were living like this life accord these uh, holy fathers and it was really really it went uh, the monastery was growing and and uh, a lot of holy monks came out and it like spread through like now Romania Ukraine and even Russia and they caused this spiritual renewal but uh, after death of Uh, Pisces, he, uh, he people really started to know about him, and they really were they were started to come to venerate his grave and to pray um, to the monastery. So monastery lost this character of of solitude, and monks were forced to really to take care of these pilgrims because it was not it was really. Um, not close to city, everything. So, well, they had to show hospitality to, to, to pilgrims. So, and and because of that, monastery lost this silence and anyway. But there was one of the oldest monks who was disciple of uh, Saint Pisi, 
So he uh, refused, uh, he, he was trying to protect himself from this noise. So he didn't leave his cell during the day, never. He went out only evening when it was silence already. And there was like one thing that once he had some kind of vision, he didn't know that it's vision, but wow. He walked and at the gate, master, he saw a officer, soldier. Did I tell you that? No. So he approached his soldier, he said, what are you doing here? You know? And he said, I'm guarding this place. He said, guarding this place? Oh yeah, yeah. Why? You know, no, I have to keep, they, they, they left that, they left me to, everybody, all left. They, I'm here alone now just to keep eye. And it was strange for him, this old monk. I said, who left? And he said, we were many here. There are many here. And thousands and thousands, he said. But now it's up to me. And then this um, old monk started to realize that something is strange. So he was more like direct with his questions because he was curious. And so in the end, that soldier was a demon who was left at the gate of monastery to keep guard. While this Saint Pisces was living and monastery was, was in silence, keeping this strict life to monastic life, in solitude and silence, according to this word of these demons, there, were, there, were, there was need for thousands and thousands of demons to, to, you know, to attack this. Once this noise came to monastery, and these pilgrims. So they didn't need to stay in this number. And so then in the end, the monk asked this demon, well, but okay, but if you say that it's now so bad, and, and he knew that monster, there was like a decline. So why, if it, if it is so bad, why did they let you be here, just one? He said, well, they left me because still in a monastery there are books written by Pisces. And some of monks might reach and start to read and maybe to do, to act according this. I have to pay attention. And, and this is true. And, and and even in that it says that we are making for our enemies easy if we are from our free will not keeping God's commandments and we are doing things which uh, makes them like without work. If we uh, easily do things which are against commandments, so they are just enjoying their free time. They don't need to 
work against us because we are killing ourselves from, you know. I think this is a powerful, very powerful thing. And, and actually, he, he, he gives us really good, good understanding of the spiritual warfare because many times we blame demons from our sins. But the truth is, many times there are just our habits. Many times it is just desire, our desires we want to fulfill. They don't need to push us. We are running towards that. You know, we are running, even like this talking too much. We, there is no need for demons to tempt us. We do it by ourselves, and they are saying, good. Good job, yeah. It's a work. I have a question. <clears throat> if you feel that you are being attacked by demons, is it proper to ask for help? To 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 remove the demons? To like like if you like if you like if you feel that you're being attacked by demons and you ask the Theotokos or you ask oh, sure, your guardian sure. yeah, angels, yeah. please take them away from me. Yeah, That's this this yeah, not appropriate you must do this uh, but but what I mean is uh, we, 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 have, we have to be very careful with that because to recognize this demonic activity and activity of our habits or our ways how we do this I don't know how it is here, but what I see through, see through like these comments on Facebook and people that they have in Slovakia. Or, and my brother he says that there is a new fashion in Slovakia that these um, exorcisms, you know, it's like oh, before we had exorcists, you know, in our eparchy, and uh, we priests we knew who that priest is. And he was like hiding. He was never saying, you know. I remember we were after one liturgy, a celebration of Otpus. I was a young priest, and during like lunch, there were like three priests, and he started to talk that, well, what kind of cases he has. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that he's one of these exorcists. But now it is like exorcists like superstars, mm. you know, and and they they really. Uh, it's it's sad. It, it's not. It's sick. Here's one that has a podcast. <laughs> All right. It's, I. I it's sick. Yes, it is. It's yeah. the the. I, I cannot help myself. And, and the problem is, the effect of that is. That now, in Slovakia, people they <gasps> they see demons, of or this they are possessed in everything. Mm. So, and this is very, very dangerous because these possessions are rare, you know. Majority it is our own will, what we are doing, our bad habits. But it is easier to blame, okay, I'm possessed, this is why I'm doing that and I need exorcism, I need somebody to pray over me, you know, because I... Oh, and just stop do this, you know. So, you know, the, 
you just don't want to make any work on yourself. It's and it is easier to blame the demon or somebody. No, no, no. It's it's not so. So and then so this is one reality. So we have to very very careful to discern. And usually people, if I am always blaming myself, this self-accusation, we were mm -hmm. talking like a year ago about that. If you are doing that and we, we really acknowledge from God our weaknesses, our bad habits, everything, so, so usually we are really uh, prepared to recognize, to make good discernment. Because, because if we are accusing ourselves and we are trying to, uh, through ascetical life, remove some things, we become like very sensitive if there is a real demonic activity. We can smell that, you know. It's like, okay, this is not normal. This is not as usual. This. So then, yes, immediately we start to pray Jesus' prayer and otherwise. But... I would I don't don't play with that because then uh, this illusion that we start to blame demons for everything we will never become yeah. free. We externalize the cause of the problem and then we look for a magical yeah. solution, an easy magical. Say a prayer of me. I'm I'm cured. Now it is like just once so we are before finish. I uh, there is very popular in Slovakia now. This healing of uh, historical roots. Generations. Oh. Yes, generations. Oh, yeah. well, you know, the, you cannot find yeah, it. I nobody just, from like for 20 centuries, <coughs> there is a descent. Nobody was talking about that. Suddenly it is like, and, and people are saying, mm -hmm. it is because of sins of previous generation. No, it is because you are ignorant. <laughs> okay, this is possible.